Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Oh, hello. I am calling you this week from a place called Cornwall. Mmm. It's a bit like middle class Blackpool. There are lots of posh people here. They're all obsessed with the same pastime. They all surf. Um, and one thing I've noticed about posh people is not one of them has body hair. Not one of them. It's like they've been bred that way. Who knew? Right, let's get on with episode two. Hello and welcome to episode two. Round of applause. Yeah. We always like to start with a round of applause and I hope that you're clapping along, doing your washing or, you know, pretending to live a life in these extraordinary circumstances. Sorry, not extraordinary, sorry. Um, that's me going off book there. Uh, the Tory book is unprecedented. Every Tory politician has been told to say the word unprecedented an unprecedented amount of times. You know, on that Google thing, if you ever Google a word, dyslexic people will know this, it tells you how common a word is. I bet unprecedented at the moment is like the most it's been used since like medieval times. Anyway, we're on episode two. It's lovely to see you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for dropping by. After the tone, my name is Scotty. You're welcome. Now, this week it's slightly different. It will sound slightly different because I am going to record my responses to your messages uh, in various different parts of Cornwall. 
yeah, because I'm on my holidays, on my bike, on my bicyclette, um, which is French for bicycle. I did French, I did uh, Spanish last week, didn't I? Who knows where we'll go next week? You know, instead of giving Duolingo a fucking load of money, why don't you give it to me? Uh, anyway, we've had such lovely feedback for episode one, so that's gorgeous, isn't it? Glad to know that you're all enjoying it. Most people talking to us on the Instagrams or the Twitter, hashtag after the tone pod. It's been lovely speaking to you. It makes me feel like a sort of avant-garde princess Diana. Just doing it for the people. Do you know what I mean? Just putting it out there. Um, speaking of which, you have been on the blower, on the WhatsApp, leaving us voice notes this week. Last week you were gorgeous. This week, oh, I don't know. I don't, don't know if I'm as prepared in my Julie Walters as I was last week, but we'll see. So let's get on with the show because that's exactly why you're here. You're not actually here to listen to me be Judith Chalmers. Hi, Scotty. I'm a long-time listener. I said long-time listener. I listened to your first episode of your podcast but first time caller. Uh, I'm also just a big fan. In your last show, you said have people been in contact with any of their exes during lockdown? And it really got me thinking because I started thinking about my ex at the start of lockdown. So I I reached out to him and I contacted him to tell him that his credit card had arrived at my old flat and uh, I was going for a spa day on his money because it's... uh, what I refer to as emotional labour tax, which he owes me. So um, thanks for that inspiration. Uh, I now live with my new partner, who I think you might know. I think you call him Paul from Dance. He lives in Edinburgh um, with me. Um, But yeah, I hope that you had a wonderful holiday. I'm actually sort of on holiday today. I've gone to surf school today. So you might be able to hear the waves in the background. And yeah, I'm going to do something completely new, completely different, completely out of my comfort zone, which I'm really excited about. First time caller. Look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? Thank you so much for calling, lovely. I do appreciate, you know, the first time callers because it is a worrying thing, isn't it? Picking up the WhatsApp and having a chat with me only for me to publish it to the world. But as you now know, it's harmless. So... Emotional tax, yeah, all fucking, (laughs) oh my God, if I could charge my ex's emotional tax, well, I'd be living rent-free for a very long time. Um, I totally understand this thing about contacting your ex during lockdown. The amount of times I've hovered over the, the, (laughs) this is so petty, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, with one ex in particular, my therapist was very pleased with this, I like blocked on WhatsApp, blocked on Instagram I was like I don't need you to be watching me or for me to be curious about how your life is because you're a knobhead (laughs) Um, so well done I hope the spa treatments were lovely nothing more do I love than a spa in fact one of my favourite spas is in Edinburgh which I believe you're calling from international call there from Scotland there's a spa called the Sheraton oh yeah I can live a bougie lifestyle if I want to. Um, And it's got seven different versions of sauna. I mean, you wouldn't know they existed. And on paper, you think, what a knobhead. But actually, when you do them, you think, do you know what? I wish there was 14. Well, enjoy your surfing. I quite like what I call a wild swim. You know, like a a swim that isn't being mediated by chlorine. And there's a beach by Edinburgh called Portobello, which I do like a Duncan. Portobello, unknown fact, or probably well-known fact, is Gail Porter's birthplace. There you go. It's also an education podcast today. 
Hi Scotty, this is Johnny and I've got a question for you. There is a county in the UK which has a town called Barcelona. Can you guess which county it is? Loads of love. It's not a town, it's a village. Hi Johnny, how are you? Lovely to hear you. Um, I'm guessing that this has come from the island of Ireland this call you always know that because people as my mother would say back home uh, always refer to England as the UK (laughs) when I'm in like Germany and stuff like that they often will like um, introduce me as a and this is an artist from the UK and I think oh don't say such a thing I'm from London there are very different places. I don't want to be from the UK. Could you imagine? Um, do I know where Barcelona is? No. No, I don't. Now, I've got a, I've got a laptop in front of me. I could utilise it. But what's the fun in that, Johnny? And I really love that you've given your name. I kind of feel like instead of trying to ask this question, because we could just Google it, I'm just going to guess the setting. Because, Johnny, it sounds like you're at a dinner party. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push the boat out there. I'm going to say you might be a homosexualist because, I mean, who's having a dinner party during a pandemic? Call a spade a spade, say what I see. Sounds like you're having a lovely time. I bet there's red wine on the table, Johnny, because uh, you sound cultured and I associate red wine with cultured people. Um, how did this question come up? I bet you're good at pub quizzes, aren't you? I bet you're that cunt. I bet you're like, ooh... I've got a good question. Well, I mean, that's literally what you've done. Johnny, I don't want to turn this into a character assassination, but um, I think we could be good friends because I'm also, I like to think of myself as a bit of a knobhead. (laughs) Johnny, thank you so much for calling. Do let me know if I got the setting right. And sorry to presume your homosexualistness, because you might not be. Could just be a very outgoing, charismatic human being. And when I feel that people are outgoing and charismatic, I instantly want to think they're not heterosexual. I really... <laughs> I really love that voice at the end that goes, It's not a town. It's a village. <laughs> right, if it's a village, maybe it's somewhere... You know, like, there's, there's places up north called Boston... I think it's like Wiganway, Pie Eater's Land. Um, if you don't know what that means, Google it. Now, I'm just about to go out for my dinner. I'm going to go to Rick Stein's fish and chip shop. Um, and I'm probably going to be conned at like 20 quid for fish and chips. But, you know, when you run your holidays, you don't mind being taken the piss out of, really, do you? So I just thought I'd take this ample opportunity just to say thank you so much for all of the feedback and the response and the love and the sharing and the adoration on the internet. It's been absolutely gorgeous. You're all absolutely wonderful people. I mean, I don't know that for sure. I'm sort of generalising now. Maybe some of you are absolute cunts, but we'll go with nice people. As you know, we couldn't make this show without you. And there's a sentiment. And, you know, so pick up the blower, get involved. Don't just sit there and think... Or, you know, someone else will call in. Or I don't know what to say. I don't know what... What shall I say? I don't know. Just pick up the phone. I mean, you could do silence for four and a half minutes, couldn't you? You could do anything. Um, But join in. It doesn't hurt the first time. We've all been there. So, lovely Debbie is going to put 50p in the meter and tell us the number what we should all 
do on the WhatsApp if we would like to get in touch with the show. 0788 200 3420. Hi, Scotty. This is half fan mail and half complaint. Fan mail is that the uh, best thing anyone has ever done on the whole internet is when you do tell me what you're having for tea in your Instagram stories and then bitch about everyone's shit dinners. Complaint is that I always tell you what I'm having for my tea and you never feature my teas in your stories. So I'm paranoid. Are my teas too shit? Are they too boring? Am I just getting in too late? I don't know, but I want to know what you think about what I'm having for tea. Um, For the record, my tea tonight was uh, baked orzo pasta with vine tomatoes, which I know sounds dead fancy. It's not. You stick it all in a dish, stick it in the oven, half an hour later you've got a huge mound of delicious pasta and who doesn't love a massive pile of pasta anyway, keep being hilarious on Instagram and on your podcast, bye well I had me fish and chips, which was nice no, don't get me wrong, you know, TV chef Frick Stein, she knows what she's up to but um, weren't worth 20 quid, you know the problem I have with posh fish and chips is that actually they don't give you the amounts of copious, horrifically beige mayonnaise that you do get in your local chippy. Do you know what I mean? I want a cup full of mayonnaise rather than a sachet of aioli. Aioli. I mean, we don't know we're born in this generation, do we? Uh, anyway, once again, your little reminder of the number to call if you'd like to, you know, send us a question, a thought, an idea, some gossip, some scandal, some intrigue, or all of the above. The number you've got to call is... 0788 200 3420. Hi, Scotty. I'm unnecessarily angry about something. I was on Instagram and uh, saw one of those stories where someone posts like a PowerPoint presentation on their Instagram story of their friend's birthday that I don't even know. And it's like each still is like, happy birthday to this absolute babe. Here's to getting another year's worth of mess in Yates. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> I feel bad because it's like, it's someone's birthday, but like, I just, I just don't give a shit. I'm probably just being a killjoy. All right, bye. Do you know what? I stand in solidarity with this and it's reasons why the unfollow button was invented. You don't have to follow your friends on the internet, particularly if they're dull and boring. There you go. They should. They should get out. I too hate it when, like, it's someone that you 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 don't know because they're a friend of a friend of a friend whose sister works in Marx's, and you're like, I don't really care. And whenever it happens, I just see guilt. I see the other person's gone. Fuck! I forgot to send them a card. Moonpig's got a three week delay at the moment, so that's kind of all I see. But. The way that I use Instagram, largely, is that I just talk about myself. <laughs> I very, very rarely will you get a like out of me. Because I just think, I know what you look like. I don't need to know what you look like with Rise filter over the top of your face. Hi, Scotty. Um, you're currently 
cycling around the country somewhere and I know that when I cycle my neck gets a bit sore so I hope your neck is okay. I don't have a coherent thought but I wanted to speak to you about boundaries and middle class friends. I wondered whether you had any middle class friends that sometimes treat you like the staff or don't respect your boundaries um, and I find it quite tricky to put boundaries in place for my middle class friends. Even little ones like, please don't buy me gifts. It makes me feel dead awkward because I might not be able to buy a gift back. And yet there they are turning up with jam like I'm some charity case and they haven't really taken on board what I've said. And they're lovely pals other than those little bits. Or sometimes I feel a bit of house shame when they come around my house. They're always recommending electricians to me or gardeners and I can't afford any of those things. <laughs> but I think they think they're being helpful. And now and again they ask me to do bits and bobs and I say yes because I can't quite work out a way to be assertive enough to a group of people who, I don't know, seem dead entitled. Sometimes I don't know what to say when they talk about property and the different properties that they've been looking at and considering buying. Is that what middle class people do in their spare time? Anyway, I hope you're having some nice weather on your bike ride um, and I hope that you see some lovely places. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, what a lovely phone call. And I don't mean lovely in terms of content. I mean as in, in terms of your openness and your readiness to share. A question that I think many of us who are common, I say that with love and adoration, many of us who are rough or working class have gone through, particularly when we navigate the sort of arty world or we go into university and we meet people from very different backgrounds. There's a real culture clash, isn't there? And something within my work that I've done all around the world now about class is that there are these moments of real culture clash where we are expected to be co-opted into their cultures and regardless of what capital we have available to us. First up, try and not feel any guilt about taking the jam, okay? Just see it as a sort of working class reparation. You are essentially taking back the fruits that they fucking stole from the land. And they've added sugar into it so you can, it's made it more expensive. So you have it. Have that fucking jam and have that jam guilt free if you can. I mean, it's easy for me to say as somebody who sort of has a loathing for a certain type of middle class person. So I'm, I'm, I feel more than able and adequate to go, give me your fucking jam. Um, and whilst you have it, I'll have your Nutella as well because the cheap one in Aldi doesn't taste just as nice. <laughs> True fact of real life. I think it's called Nutella or something like that. I know it's difficult constantly coming out as poor. I know that's really tough. But if they say, oh, I could recommend you an electrician, you know, in Jess, you could go, oh, and then you're going to pay for it as well. Who knows? They might. Which would then bring up a whole other bunch of issues about feeling like the Povo one. But again, fuck it. If they've got loads of money. If they're talking about property, fucking take the money. Fucking cheek asking you to do things around their house, though. 
because my mum, my granddad, and my nan were all cleaners. Me growing up, I think the relationship that posh people have with cleaners is wild because it goes from like there were some people that my mum used to clean the house for who would like every time they went on holiday they'd buy a play and they'd buy a book for me and at Christmas they never forgot me but then you'd also have people like well like Judith Chalmers actually my nan used to clean Judith Chalmers house who would essentially ask my nan to dress fully in black and pretend to be a butler and serve dinner at her dinner parties there you go yeah Judith Chalmers from the television yeah. In another string of events, I mean, Woody Harrelson as well apparently wasn't very nice. As, well, Morrissey sacked me mum. I mean, <laughs> this podcast has just got very litigious very quickly, hasn't it? But all I can say to you, lovely caller, is try, if at all possible, to not feel like you have to bite your tongue. I think we're constantly, as common people often coerced into thinking we have to behave politely and actually our vernaculars our ways of existing don't have to be as polite as polite society you could just say well are you gonna fucking pay for it and I I know middle class people are nice I know you've got nice middle class friends but there's culture clash here right and do you know something that I've learned is perhaps they'll never understand and that's perhaps why you need more common people in your life. Thanks for calling. I hope you call again. Went to a vineyard this afternoon. Well, I'm still here, actually, to be fair. And um, these posh people were outside and they were drinking wine and they were, I think, what posh people call frolicking. And I immediately took a dislike to them, as you do. And then halfway through the wine tour, their car started rolling down the hill and it's dr- driven into the um, into the vineyard. Could you imagine how mortified you'd be? Hi, Scotty. You're right. Um, first of all, I'm really upset about the way that your phone number is listed. I don't know why. <laughs> it upsets me a lot. Because um, I feel like it should be five numbers, then three numbers, then three numbers. And I kind of understand what you're doing with the 200 in there. I can see it. But it upsets me. But anyway, what I actually uh, thought I'd let you know is I found a really cool fact about how dogs smell. And they can smell which nostril a smell is coming in from. So they smell like in stereo, so they can tell which direction something comes from. I just thought it was really cool. Anyway, bye. (laughs) Well, yes, I totally understand that you've got some grief around the telephone number. I get that. But, you know, it's a burner phone. And if I had all the money in the world, it would be 0181811. That was the live and kicking number. I don't know about you, but I can still remember things, like numbers that used to be on the telly. Like, the big breakfast was two lock keepers cottages, old Ford lock, London E32NN. And then when uh, live and kicking got modern, it was... Oh one eight one eight one one eight one eight one because we have to put another one in. Children nowadays don't have to remember these things; they just press a button. Do you know what? Children, all if they want to do anything, they just pick up Snapchat. It's there. All they need to do is swipe up. We as children had to revise a number and send an address with a stamped addressed envelope. 
by a certain date. And you want to talk about dogs being able to sniff out of each nose. I fucking used to have to remember the postcodes to the NEC in Birmingham. Was it the NEC? Can't remember. Oh, no, I'm thinking about the big Blue Peter bringing by sale. Oh, those were the days where you used to... Do you remember all you had to worry about was how much you were going to sell your cakes for at school? I just had a little moment there just to think about that. Hi, Scotty. It's Moyen here from Dublin. I get these funny sort of sleep hallucination things, but I had uh, what I think was an actual sleep paralysis event there recently um, in that I woke up feeling really electric and like the hairs on my hands and all over were just standing on end and I couldn't move but I just felt like there was this current of electricity running through me and also like there was something or somebody under my skin so I had to keep telling myself that I've been in this room for two years (laughs) not all the time and it's not haunted and um, then I just remember that uh, Do you remember the woman who married the ghost pirate? Anyway, that was it. Maybe there's a ghost pirate in my room. Or maybe I just have real trouble sleeping. Oh, lovely. I love a little phone call from Dublin. Thank you so much for dropping us a little line. Um, Dublin, one of my favourite cities in the whole entire world. When it's not as fucking expensive as it always is. It's so fucking pricey, isn't it? That's why you're dealing with sleep paralysis. You're probably thinking about the price of property. Believe me. Now, my husband used to be able to experience uh, sleep paralysis. And he was training himself at a certain point to, like, ask me to put, like, numbers on tops of shelves to see if he could fly around the room and work out what the numbers were. So, by all means, you and the pirate, have a go at that. You can, like, listen to these things that make you go to sleep. Sorry, that doesn't really make any sense, but it does in my head. Like, I guess you would call them podcasts. (laughs) That help you train yourself to be able to pull yourself out of your sleep. And then you can start flying around the room and apparently if you get very good at it you can fly around everywhere it is quite worrying to witness if i wake up my husband too soon and um, what happens is there's this sort of stunned silence where he looks at me for about three seconds and then goes yes i can only describe it as slight murderous look that someone who is watching someone go through sleep paralysis goes through trust me to center myself as the victim <laughs> I'm wild for the sleep, actually. I'm like my mother. I'm literally like one of those toy dolls. If you push me back far enough, my eyes will close and I'll be good for a good eight hours. So, uh, call back and let me know how the sleep paralysis goes. And you know what? You said you know that your room's not haunted because you've been in it for two years. I'm sorry to, like, freak the shit out of you, but you don't know that. I mean, I'm not saying I believe in ghosts. Do I? Maybe I do. I mean, I believed in Catholicism for like 16 years and that's more harder to believe than ghosts. So maybe they are real. I'd love them to be real just for Yvette Fielding. Wow, this is a very bloopy, heavy podcast today. Hi, Scotty. Um, It's the carer again. 
I just thought I'd give you another little story, you know. It prompted me thinking the other day, um, the time I had to finger my mother. I suppose this actually leads up to the Mr Whippy story, really. So it was like 48 hours odd of constipation for the nation. You know, rolling back and forth and on and off and on and off and on and off. So it finally got to the point of obviously the old luck to loss wasn't going on and she was rolling around. So we had to get a suppository out and I was like, let's get one of the strong suppositories that we got from the doctors out. Um, and in classic mother fashion, she's like, you know, getting them, getting it out, trying to get it into her down there in downstairs while there's like, you know, Rockford of Files fucking hanging out like a French grapevine. Anyway, mum's genius line, which was um, spit on it and just get it in there. So it's like, can't spit on a suppository. It makes them all sticky and sort of bouncy around. But she wasn't having none of it. She's saying to me, just spit on it, just spit on it. So she took it off me and spat on it and then tried to stick it up and she couldn't. So I took her hand and give her a little hand and... Yeah, since it's quite a um, terrain down there and landscape, um, the next thing I know, she was just shouting, you've stuck it in the wrong hole. You've stuck it in the wrong hole. So I had to go in to the lady garden. So I managed to obviously withdraw it um, and then place it into the um, right um, asteroid orifice. And... um, Bob Durrani and Mr Whippy's your auntie in about an hour's time, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, so I just was wanting to say, you know, yeah, never underestimate your gay skill set and be able to spit on something and fish around in crevices. Big love, pal. Um, peace and love. And, yeah, cheers for, um, yeah, cheers for fuck all, really. Do you know what I mean? But cheers anyway. Thank you so much, the carer. It's complex, isn't it, when you're looking after those you love, and you have to you have to have a really intimate relationship with them, and a relationship that you, I guess, because of the society that we live in, we're sort of told we're supposed to be these humans that exist perfectly and then die on a bed of roses surrounded by our family, and actually, it's far from the truth, isn't it? Um, actually, we exist very slowly in our older age, particularly in this country. So I just wanted to put that in front of the fact that actually I'd, <laughs> I'm really enjoying your calls. I love the sense of humour that you're having whilst you're you're doing this care and this love and this attention for your mum. Do you know what I mean? It really reminds me of those moments that I was with my granddad, actually. And my granddad would say things to me like... He became, (laughs) he wouldn't mind me talking about this. He was a very open man. He became very, towards like the end of his life, he became very, very conscious about how he smelt. Particularly, like he didn't want his genitals or his bum smelling. So he'd be like, do I smell? Do I smell? He'd be like, no, you don't. Of course, come on, we'll give you a wash. So give him a wash. Anyway, there's something about your grandfather holding his foreskin back and then you <laughs> giving him a wash that really puts things into perspective in life, doesn't it? Um, it really makes you think, maybe I'm not the most amazing human being in the world.
And I think sharing these stories for me is just about the normalising of, of this stuff. Something that will probably happen to all of us, and particularly for those of us who are queer, who don't have biological families. Who will be enacting this care for us? Who's going to be putting the suppository up our arseholes? Within that humour, there's a horror, isn't there? Because we know if the government get their way, we won't have a care system any longer. Just going up an 823 foot incline. And everything about this situation reminds me of the 999 crime watch. No, not 999 Michael Burke reconstruction where you die in the wilderness and um, someone's got a packet of chewing gum and a coat hanger and they're able to save you. So whatever the next call is, I dedicate it to you, the people. R.I.P. me. Hi, Scotty. This is Adam Eli sending you a message from New York. What I wanted to talk about today is something I feel really strongly about and something I know you feel really strongly about as well, which is that I firmly believe the cis gay community has an obligation to show up for the transgender and gender nonconforming community. That is because the same systems that create and perpetuate transphobia are the same ones that create and perpetuate homophobia. Society, or certainly most societies, have very specific rules when it comes to gender and sexuality. You know, if you're born with this type of genitalia, you must act this way and be attracted to this person. And being gay and being trans means that you have to break those rules. And of course, the trans experience is very, very, very different from the gay experience. Anyone who says differently is woefully misinformed. However, we share one thing in common, which is that we were both born queer in a straight world. And I think that is more than enough of a basis for us to work in solidarity with each other. Since the beginning of our movement, the trans community has showed up for the queer movement, and it is high time that the cis gay community start doing the same thing for the trans and gender non-conforming community. Retweet. Amen. Hear, hear. All of those things. Thank you very much. Call from New York. Wow, we're really going at it today, aren't we? Something that really fucking annoys me, and let's call it as it is, about a certain ilk of gay men is how they are like the opposite to an elephant. Like, they forget so fucking quickly. And when I say they, yeah, I do want to use the broad church of gay men or the majority of gay men. And I'm all right with that. And if you feel a bit prickly about that, ask yourself why you're feeling a bit prickly about it. Yeah, there you go. Because if we look at lesbian erasure, right, if you think about what lesbians did during what happened with AIDS in the late 80s and early 90s, it was the lesbians, the dykes, the butchers who were feeding the gay men when other people wouldn't go anywhere fucking near them. It was lesbians who were like, rallying and community organising. But we still have this fucking absurd gay misogyny within the queer community. 
there's something I find so difficult to grasp is why we can't show up for each other, that we can only show up for ourselves, particularly in queer world. It feels to be a real thing. Um, and it's like, as if, you know, that fucking poxy flag that sits outside regional gay bars and now sits in the houses of two ups, two downs and means something to do with the NHS. And that very rare glimpse that you get at a progressive rainbow flag or the progressive flag. I don't understand why we cannot show up and show out and stand with each other because that is what our liberation has been built upon. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Like, I grew up in a family that, like, particularly on my estate, it was, like, Irish kids and black kids, right? And you showed up for each other because, in the words of my granddad, we arrived at the same time. And so there's a solidarity there, right? And that doesn't mean to say that, like, white Irish people in the UK who are migrants or the, from the diaspora understand the complexities of whiteness and racism, not in the slightest. But we understand the position of being othered. Therefore, we should be able to go, hang on, we know what that feels like. But then you look at what happened with the Irish in New York, where you're calling from. Oh, you know, how the Irish became white in America is astounding. There's got to be something in this. We have got to learn. I don't know what it is, apart from fucking common sense and being like, trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming people are being actively attacked every single fucking day and they've galvanised the community to be fractured against each other where you've got so-called radical lesbian feminists who are now turning on trans women. Now, can I just divert everyone's attention to the real problem? And it's called the fucking patriarchy that has created this climate that is putting us against each other. What a radical thought it would be for us to fight outwards rather than inwards. Thank you so much for your call. Zero, seven, double, eight, 200, Three, four, two, zero. Honestly, it is simply, it's just as simple as picking up the blower and going, this thing, da 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 um, And also, don't call the number and leave a voicemail, because you should know by now, I know it's only episode two, you open WhatsApp. I feel like I need to do this for people like me who are a bit nan about phones. Open up the WhatsApp contact us that way and send us a voice note honestly really easy also if you want to get in contact with the show if you want to give us any feedback hashtag after the tone pod p-o-d and you can also find me on all social channels as scotty is fat right let's get on with the show hi scotty this is reggie i love this idea of your podcast and um it kind of feels like i'm going to send you a little confessional but uh something i've been thinking about a lot especially in this current climate where love is the most important energy that we need in the world right now and constantly need in our lives. And I've just been thinking about um, all of those people who can't have children, haven't had children by choice or because of like medical conditions or financially. And obviously during lockdown and COVID, there's been a real increase 
and people getting cats, dogs, other pets, just another like bundle of love and joy to hold on to and nurture and grow and love. For me, I got a puppy um, at the beginning of lockdown, literally the weekend lockdown started. And his name is Kushi, which in Punjabi means happiness. And he has brought so much happiness to our lives. And I wanted to scream from the rooftops, I've got a new baby, I'm so happy. I had sleepless nights because I was nurturing him and growing him and keeping him safe and healthy and happy. And a lot of my friends who have children, uh, when I described to them like my sleepless nights and how I was feeling, um, said it was very similar to like when they had children. Um, it's been an incredible experience, but I just wondered that in the society that we're in, how different it is that it's not as celebrated when a couple or a single person gets a pet and that's really their baby. It might not be human, but it's their baby. And there doesn't seem to be any celebration of that. That's what I've been thinking about and I thought I would share. Reggie! Oh, glorious human being. Yeah, we met in the back of a taxi um, whilst making our way through and around a festival. The first thing that I really fell in love with with Reggie was that, I, I won't mince my words, it's like someone's had a couple too many G&Ts the night before, they've woken up, they've had some strong coffee, and the voice that Reggie has is just, it just encapsulates that sound for me. So thank you so much for calling and sending me your beautiful voice. Um, there was a couple of things I want to pick up there. I totally believe in, like, pet being, like family members and we spoke about this on the last episode where someone was talking about the grief of their cat and the death of their cat and you know like I think there's a real beauty in when these when we do accept them as family members right because like my parents got this dog called Cooper now he's a pain in the fucking ass he's totally untrained my dad didn't have his balls chopped off so he's like really boisterous really jumpy really bouncy but he's also got separation anxiety so when anyone in the house leaves like you know i'll come over and he'll be like oh my god you're here and, and also I have to talk about him as if he can talk language <laughs> he's like oh my god you're here and then when you leave he's like please don't go i've enjoyed seeing you so much and like because my parents they met when i was like two They've always had a child because then when I was 12, then they had my brother and then my brother became like 14 and then Cooper came along. So they've always been parents. They treat the dog like the third child in the family. It's wild, but I love it. Debbie, who is After the Tone producer, also uh, has Paddy. Paddy is also like treated like another family member. And... <laughs> And uh, do you know what? There's a real beauty in that, actually. I, I really love animals being treated in that way. I wish... <clears throat> sorry, I had a little burp there. I wished, though, Reggie, I could believe in your optimism that love will prevail, that love is the way. Because I'm full of such rage that when I see the love is love and love wins... I think too much of life has happened to me that I don't believe it. 
I enjoy love, I am loved, I love, I actively love, and I love those who sit outside of my family and those who sit outside of my conventional relationships, if you want to call it that. I love to love, but I don't think it wins. Hmm. There is something quite ludicrous and something quite beautiful about if we start to portray dogs in the same way that we do children. And maybe like, oh my God, please, Reggie, do a gender reveal party for your dog. <laughs> Just because I think that would, wouldn't that show how completely ludicrous the concept of a gender reveal party would be? I'll leave that with you. Well, I made it to Port Isaac, which is apparently where they film Doc Martin. Uh, but of course I wouldn't know that because I'm under the age of 50. And in the background, you might be able to hear the dulcet tones of a local musician singing the theme tune to um, the Royal Family. Can you hear that? Oh, people are clapping. Who knew? That's all it took. I was just coming to tell you, that's the end of the show. It's been a lovely trip around Cornwall whilst listening to your phone calls. Well, they're not phone calls, they're WhatsApp messages, aren't they? Remember, pick up the blower, give us a call. It'd be lovely to hear from you. And uh, next week, I shall be in the safety of my own bedroom. Just a quick reminder, remember, give us a little shout out on your socials, if you can, because we're a new podcast and we're up against people that have been on, like, nine out of ten cats and shit. And I mean... If anyone needs to be promoted, it's not Jimmy Carr. Um, so that's it from me. I'll speak to you next week. Have a good week. I mean, couldn't care less if it was a bad week, really. Uh, but I hope you've pressed the subscribe button. Remember to give us a review if you can do that sort of thing on the platform that you listen to. Us on and um, see you next week. Bye. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.